Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code Sport of Kings, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password, and you're off to the races. Up to 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit national gambling support line 800-522-4700. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. Quarter of a mile to come, and Cyclone Mischief. He's up for a fight and tries to turn away Mage. Forte better hurry up. Final 16th of a mile. Forte starts to gather in the top horses. Here comes Forte. This is going to be very close, but the champion prevails. Forte wins. That was Forte winning the Florida Derby on April 1st. He is the morning line favorite for Saturday's 149th Kentucky Derby. The Kentucky Derby on Saturday, May 6th, is also opening day at Emerald Downs. Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and back joining us on Horse Racing Northwest, our track announcer in for his second season locally, Bill Downs. We're going to hear from Bill in just a moment, but just a few facts and figures for opening day. The gates open at 7 a.m. Of course, simulcasting from Churchill Downs. The Derby card starts at 7.30 a.m. Our first race at 1 o'clock. If you'd like to win part of that $1,000 in our Truly Fabulous Hat Contest, registration is on track level from 11.30 to 2.30. So make sure you go register if you're wearing some headgear tomorrow at Emerald Downs. We have $1,000 in prizes in the hat contest. Once again, on track level, you'll see the tables just over by the Hall of Fame exhibit. So do that. We're going to introduce our jockeys before the first race out in the winner's circle. So there's a lot of new faces and names there. And... uh, 10% 10% takeout on daily doubles and pick threes at Emerald Downs this year. That is a fantastic figure. Keep that in mind. Spread the word. Uh, you know, doubles and pick threes have been over 20% uh, at every track, including Emerald Downs. They're 10% takeout. That's a lot more return to winning wagerers in daily doubles and pick threes at Emerald Downs this year. 
And, of course, we'll go to a Saturday-Sunday schedule next weekend, Mother's Day weekend, May 13th and 14th. And that'll be in effect for a few weeks. And then we'll pick up Friday nights. The first Fab Friday, the T-shirt Fab Friday, is June 9th. Friday Night Racing starts on June 9th. On today's show, we'll hear from new jockey Luis Negron. We're going to hear from Roger LeBlanc from LazyBetterUSA.com. And our good friend, John White, LeBlanc, and John will be talking Kentucky Derby. So, thanks for joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. We'll do our normal selections, sport shorts, and trivia, but a lot of Derby talk, a lot of Emerald Downs talk. But first of all, Bill Downs is back. He hey. was a regular. Hi, Bill. Hello, Joe. Great to have Bill back in for his second season at Emerald Downs, and... Uh, he was hanging out back east, I think, for the most part the last few months. Tell us about the last few months. Well, you know, after we after the season went back uh, to Pittsburgh area where I where I live, and you know, got to a couple of Green Bay Packer games nice. because uh, I got season tickets for the Packers. Went to the Breeders' Cup, and that was a lot of fun, and uh, had a great time. Uh, hanging out with a, a good friend of mine out there. And then the things kind of went south after that. I had a pipe burst in my house the day before New Year's Eve, and we are still dealing with Ooh. it to this day. We had an uh, unfortunate uh, uh, water burst. Uh, we had like bitter, bitter cold. And then it went went from like bitter, bitter cold to like 65 degrees a few days later. And lo and behold, uh, I had a pipe burst. and been dealing with that. Um, didn't go very well the first uh, try with a contractor, and so we have another one. And uh, even even to the day I left, the contractor was there, a new one, and it's going much better this time around. So we're hopeful that'll be all taken care of. But besides that, got to a couple of uh, baseball games in April before uh, coming out here uh, to uh, Seattle. Actually, my Pirates. sports. Yep. Uh, well, uh, uh, that'll, that'll be a preview of my sports short. Okay. Uh, cause, uh, like what I'm seeing from the Pittsburgh mm. pirates. And of course, uh, I do, uh, do like, uh, the Mariners and the Cubs as well. And I'll be uh, going to a Mariners game, uh, this, uh, this coming Monday when Very they play good. the Texas Rangers. Uh, so I'm excited to see the Mariners in action, but, uh, uh, yeah, so it's been a, a mixture of good and bad, but uh, you know the the good news is I think the bad is is way behind us, and the good is is in front of us, and uh, excited for opening day at Emerald Downs. Yeah, we get some cold temperatures out here. You know, you you uh, protect your outdoor faucets, and you know I left my uh, faucets inside dripping just lightly a couple of nights but overall it can get a little colder back there in the pittsburgh area can't it yeah and, and i think uh you know when it gets that bitter you can do you know we I, I was gone for the holidays so i was gone for about four or five days like you know the other thing you could probably do is also turn off the water too and you know make yeah. sure there's nothing in the pipes and that will be something going forward so there's your uh your house uh yes. no, <laughs> your house uh, household uh, tip right there Bill, you left something out though because you had another thing which you sent me a picture where a tree fell from yep. a neighboring property and yep. took out your fence yeah took out the fence and then uh what else uh, there was one other little thing uh, that uh it just seemed like it was one thing after another oh yeah so we had to have some uh you know uh tree branch people out to uh and then, oh, and then another thing, we had a, a, a siding came off. One of the, the, the siding came off because yeah. we had some really 
blustery winds. I, as much as uh, uh, all this stuff happened, I do love my where I live. It's unbelievable. It's <laughs> a really good. nice neighborhood and and whatnot. And and uh, you're far enough away from the city, but not uh, too far away either. So you're not out well, in the country. So this is a newer location for you. Yeah, yeah. Okay. Yeah, was, when I, when when I came out here last year, I we uh, got the place literally four weeks before I came out ah. here. So. Um, but uh, yeah, enough of the household. Uh, okay. Talk. So it's, it's all good. And <laughs> Bill uh, saw flight line. Yeah, run, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. So that's what insurance is for. So that's yeah. you know, moving on. <laughs> flight line in the, uh, of course the top horse in the oh, yeah. Breeders' cup last fall at Keene or at uh, Churchill. So, okay. Well, Bill is back. That is great. Opening day tomorrow, seven races. And if you've looked at our card for tomorrow, it's a little light, of course, seven races, field size isn't great. I'll guarantee you it's going to get a whole lot better. We've got more barns in this year from Arizona than we've ever had. And, you know, the top name there, Vince, is Justin Evans, who's brought 40 horses. He is the runaway leading trainer at Turf Paradise at their current meet. They end tomorrow. We start yeah. tomorrow. So uh, I think it's he's like 30 ahead yeah. of Jose Silva, who's next. And, and one of Justin's top riders, uh, Louis Negron, will be having on the show today, too. Yes. A couple other names in the training ranks i was noticing ed Carolluck, another guy at arizona coming up ml purse you guys might remember yeah. a few years back he has a few more horses i guess this year luciano medina has a few win on opening day sergio alvarez another new face a familiar face who retired and now unretired and his back is bob bean yeah some horses great to have bob back uh everybody seems to like him i certainly do and it's got a lot of stories uh he said he didn't uh, do well in retirement sitting on the couch. So he's back at Emerald Downs. And Bill likes those bean barn silks. <laughs> yes, brown with the gold sleeves, if I remember correctly, for uh, and you Bob's know, wife. Yeah, that's right. She's listed as owner on all the Lou horses. Ann, yeah. We uh, yeah. slipped Bob into our training day report from yesterday. Got a couple comments from him. So uh, check out training day, YouTube, uh, Emerald Downs training day on YouTube. And uh, another guy, Mike Bubba Boleyn is back, a really popular guy around here, too. Doesn't have a big stable, but... Uh, yeah, he's been down in Arizona yeah. the last few years, winning some races, and uh, Bubba's worked in the jocks room and uh, done a lot of things around the racetrack over the years. He groomed Red Baron Returns, which you might have been reminded looking at that K. Vaughn book. Yeah, he was the groom of Red Baron. $108 yeah. Long Acres Derby winner, That's yeah. Right. Who can forget? Okay, so uh, yeah, new new trainers, uh, new jockeys. Luis Negron again. He's going to join us here on Horse Racing Northwest on this show. Alexis Valdez, Silvio Amador, Jose Guerrero, Natalia Ortiz, uh, Jose Rodriguez, Christina Rodriguez. All some new names at Emerald Downs who are going to be horseback in here at the meeting. So. Uh, Keep your eye out on that. You may develop a favorite. Luis Negron is going to ride a lot for Justin Evans. Sure is. And uh, Luis, he might give, who knows, Alex Cruz a run for the money for the title as Alex bids to become the first ever to win four straight. In, in state in, history. In state history, yeah. The guys who have previously done it, of course, Rocco Bowen here and Gary Boulanger and Gary Bays. Gary yeah, Bays did it. Yeah, it was not done at uh, Playfair or Yakima Meadows. So a possible four-time champ is Alex Cruz, and he 
he uh, had an injury there in Phoenix earlier in the winter. He but... did. March 1st in a two-horse spill, he had a broken collarbone and, and two broken ribs. And when I talked to him earlier in the week, he said, you know, those ribs, you don't even want to yeah. sneeze or breathe because it's extremely painful. But he could have finished out, gotten back in time to ride the close of Phoenix, but he wanted to rest, heal up, and uh, and come up here and get ready for the defense of the title. And he's been getting on horses for a couple weeks now. Okay, let's just transition just uh, briefly to, you know, some handicapping. We talked a lot of theory last year, the three of us, on Horse Racing Northwest. Trainers and jockeys, Bill, on your analysis for, uh, you know, the final win wager on a horse. Well, yeah, I mean, you, you got to you, you have to know your circuit, and and certain trainers use certain jockeys and and certain meets, and whether it's Emerald Downs or Keeneland or whatever you're talking about, you got to know what the what the trainer usually uses, who he usually uses, and uh, uh, that's always something. And you know, I know um, in the extended DRF stats, they, they they go over that stuff all the time. I know if you used Formulator as well, you could probably find that stuff as well. Uh, but you know, for this year, you know, I, you know Negron and, and Evans is going to be the the I think a a combination you're going to be really taking a look at, just like you you took a look at uh, George Rosales and who he who he uses Alex uh, Cruz. Yeah, last Alex year. Cruz. So I think that's going to be the uh, the dominant uh, trend once again, and uh, it's going to be interesting because uh, you know Evans likes to play the claiming game as well, kind of like Rosales oh, does, yeah. and so there's going to be uh, it'll be interesting to see how the other trainers uh, react uh, with uh, with what Evans and Rosales uh, do. Uh, in this upcoming meet. Okay, Vince, uh, you know, trainers, jockeys, uh, yeah. in, your, in your final analysis to make a win wager? Yeah, you know, and, and again, like Bill said, it's knowing your circuit. And more than the combination, well, combinations are great, but um, I just want someone I know who can get the job done. Well, you know, you think of a guy like Tom Wenzel, and, you know, he might go to a, a guy like a Lorenzo Lopez, who's maybe not in the top standings, but they win races together. Or last year, Jose Zanino, you know, who's not one of the That's right. top three Good or four point. riders here. And they're a very potent combination under the radar. And so, he helped, Wenzel also helped get Rocco Bowen's career going. Exactly. Yeah. So, you know, I like to look for the, the under the radar guys that, you know, that you know, fit a certain horse or whatever, and uh, a good barn going to maybe a kind of a lesser light jockey is always intriguing to me because it certainly from a wagering standpoint, you know, if everyone sees exactly. Alex Cruz, George Rosales, you know, the money's going to come in or Lear Grand, Justin Evans, before you even look at the horse, you know, the horse is going to get a lot of money. So uh, a little under the radar stuff okay. is what I look for. Hey, you know, me too. Uh, in that regard, I think the horse is about 90% of it. Um, you know, you certainly like to get uh, boosted by that nice ROI on that particular angle for the trainer. But, you know, I think second time starting horses is, you know, we've talked about those forever. That's real important. And it's built into the price, the trainer jockey, the combo, yeah. the success. It's built into the price. So you get an obscure trainer and jockey, um, you know, you're going to get a lot more points on the odds. And, uh, you know, I, so I, I don't look at the trainer jockey quite as much because I, I tend to, you know, look for a little bit higher prices. But uh, anyway, they're certainly important. I, I want to point out, I was looking at, you remember a old horse called Mr. GR at Long Acres? Yeah, and, vaguely. And uh, I, 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 I had a nice 
bet on him one time. So I, I called up his lifetime past performances just to try mm -hmm. to reminisce on one of the glory days. And the horse had 10 lifetime wins and nine of the 10 were at odds of 12 to one or higher. He was just such an in and outer. He'd make yeah. the lead and stop. Yeah. Or but if he got loose, he was gone. That was your type of horse. It I sure was. Is. Yeah. So uh it was and I think the other only what, other what time years were that approximately? That was the eighty five, eighty six, okay. eighty seven around okay. there. Yeah. Okay. So uh we transitioned to that a little bit. Um the Emerald Racing Club, fans can still join. Yep, we got uh two horses and we hope to see some action week two, May thirteenth, May fourteenth, Warren's memorable and scatalicious. And yep, still Still room, uh, go to, just email me, vinceb at emeralddowns.com, or you can go to the website. We have a section, Emerald Racing Club, or call me, 253-288-7723, and uh, you'll get a pretty good deal for your 500 bucks. Yeah, 288-7723, the Emerald Racing Club. We're going to hit that uh, live on opening day because we're going to get a lot of youngsters that it just might hit them in the right frame of mind to be a horse owner and join the Emerald Racing Club. And Jim, uh, Vince was just down at Golden Gate last weekend and saw a couple of Washington connections do well and that big stake day. You know, had. yeah. No, you remember we had Kevin Radke on a couple of weeks ago and he was talking about the horse he's going to ride for Blaine Wright in the Cal Derby. I think it's yeah. Babu Abu Dhabi, who was three for three. And Kevin thought he had them out in the Cal Derby because I think uh, I'm trying to remember the name of the jockey was going back to Cleveland. Well, he came back the jockey and he rode him and got the win for blaine yeah. wright and so win some lose some as a yeah. jockey like we talked but kevin did get a nice win on the horse before but blaine wright's got quite a horse there it's four for four, four lifetime for, four. for the ken rosses and then of course top harbor uh won seventy five thousand dollar stakes very easily as it turned out he's in a little trouble around the turn and i uh, got to go to the winter circle for that one and uh there's some talk we might see him for the Long Acres Mile this year, and I know he's done most of his damage on the synthetic, but six six starts on dirt with uh, five out of six in the exacta. So, well, that's and you know when you're talking, Tim McCanna doesn't have many things he hasn't checked off in the state of Washington, but there is one thing: the Long right. Acres Mile. Yeah, him and Frank Lucarelli both yeah. looking for their first Long Acres Mile winner. Okay, so yeah, some good connections there. Um, we're going to start talking a little Kentucky Derby stuff, um, and then we'll do more in the second segment, and we'll have some selections in the third as well. But uh, for right now, let's hear from our good friend John White, his outlook on the Kentucky Derby. Well, for me, this has become a very disappointing Kentucky Derby this year in that my top pick, practical moves, like the temperature, it will not be running. So now Kings Barnes becomes my choice to win the Derby. Kings Barnes is the only undefeated horse in the race. And what I especially like about him is he displayed the sheer speed to work a quarter of a mile in a fast 20 and 4 seconds at a two-year-old's in training sale last year. Yet he also had the stamina to win this year's Louisiana Derby at the long distance of a mile and three sixteenths. Kings Barnes not only has won all three of his races, he's done so at three different tracks. Yes, he got away with setting a slow pace in the Louisiana Derby, but he won his first two races from off the pace. Kings Barnes figures to race forwardly early in the Kentucky Derby, and I think he has a very good chance to be first or second with a furlong to go. And that's very important. 
because 56 of the last 60 Kentucky Derby winners were either first or second with a furlong left to go in the Kentucky Derby. My second choice is Tappet Trice. I think he is very talented, but his come-from-behind running style in a field of 20 is a bit of a concern. But I see Tappet Trice as a major player off his victory in the Bluegrass Stakes. I like Capitrice better than morning line favorite Forte. I don't like Forte's declining buyer speed figure pattern going into the Derby. And my third choice is Angel of Empire, who looked terrific winning the Arkansas Derby. And so for me, I'm going with Kings Barnes to win the Kentucky Derby and remain undefeated. So 12 to 1 morning line, Kings Barnes, John White's top selection, and you can catch. Uh, of course, all his detailed analysis and strike system and uh, just some great stuff at ExpressBet.com, John's weekly column. Uh, Anthony Stabil, uh, of course, a good friend of Horse Racing Northwest and Northwest Racing fans. He's going to take Forte. I, I texted him back. I go, wow, you pick a favorite about one every 10 selections that I hear from you. But he likes Forte. He thinks his Florida Derby was better than most other handicappers think of it. Um, he said he had to overcome a lot the post, and uh, he thinks he's certainly the horse to beat on Saturday. So Anthony's going 15, 5, 11, 6. Those are his numbers, 15, 5, 11, 6. All right, uh, we're going to take a short time out and come back with one of the new riders at Emerald Downs this year. That would be Luis Negron. Right back here on Horse Racing Northwest. Have you heard about the new handicapping and betting app that is sweeping the nation? It's called First Bet, and it puts the power of AI-assisted handicapping, seamless wagering, and live HD video in the palm of your hand. Thousands of bettors have already made First Bet their way to handicap, bet, and watch more than 300 of the world's top tracks. Isn't it time for you to join them? And when you give First Bet a try today, you can cash in on a huge welcome bonus. Sign up with promo code SPORTOFKINGS, all one word, and you will get $10 just for joining, as well as a 10% rebate, up to $500 for your first. 30 days. With that much free cash on the line, what do you have to lose? Get started at first.com slash bet. That's number one, st.com slash bet. And don't forget promo code Sport of Kings when you sign up. And if you already have an ExpressBet account, you're way ahead of the game. Simply log into FirstBet using your username and password and you're off to the races. A few 18 years or older and 21 years old in certain states to open an account with FirstBet and reside in the state where such activity is legal, void to prohibit a national gambling support line 800-522-4700. Back at Horse Racing Northwest, and we've got a gentleman here who you're going to be hearing a lot about here at the current meet, Joe Withy, Vince Brune, and we welcome to our set Luis Negron, who is uh, a 31-year-old native of Puerto Rico. He's riding the card on opening day, so wasting no time getting started. little research on him. He, uh, boy, he has already won riding titles at Turf Paradise, Zia Park, Albuquerque, uh, he's six in the standings at the current meet down there, but riding at about 22%. Mm. Get this with Justin Evans, a 183 for 604 lifetime combined. That's 30.2%. Wow. So, uh, welcome to, uh, Emerald Downs, Louis Negron. Thank you so much, Jeremy. And thank you to got me here on your podcast. Yeah. Hey, great to have you, Luis. Uh, opening day, of course, is Saturday and, that's quite a little coup. I mean, we don't have our greatest opening day card ever with seven races, and 
But, you know, that's going to get better. The local guys, local trainers are, are a work away in some cases. But you're riding all seven. So congratulations, yes, man. You got to be happy so about much. that. Yeah, I'm so happy and grateful. My agent did a great job. So a little bit unlucky. Your, your agent be... oh, does really well, uh, David Marble Singer. How did you meet him? Uh, he We got like in talk. He talked to me since last year at the end. And then when I finally seem to move here, we get in contact and I made the move. I think it was probably a good move for Marbles as well, Vince. Yeah, and Marbles, of course, has Alex Cruz, who's going for a f unprecedented fourth straight title, yeah. and uh, Kevin Radke. But, Luis, you you know uh, our defending champion here pretty well, Alex Cruz, right? Yes, sir. It's a great rider. Um, now, and you guys grew I, up together? Yeah, we, we almost grew up on Puerto Rico, you know, the racetrack. We know each other. So. Now, when you get on a horse, what, what kind of style? We've heard, I haven't seen you ride a whole lot, but you're pretty aggressive. Yes, sir. <laughs> <laughs> Why not? Okay, so uh, you're looking for a sharp start. Um, and of course, you study the form a little bit. You get to know the horses in the morning, but uh, you're not opposed to putting a horse right on the lead right away if he breaks good. He breaks good. So, yeah. You know, just depend on Sure. Just sometimes in the training, let me do what I, you know, I just follow introduction. If I have no introduction, so I, I use my mind. Okay, so you're aggressive. That's good. Uh, handicappers like to see that, that this guy wants to get into the race, get involved. Um, what do you think uh, are some of your strong points as a jockey? Damn. What do you do good? You do everything well? Well, you, I hope. I think I do everything well. I got... <laughs> Four title before yeah. I came here. Yeah. My first title was 19 on Sunray Park. My second one was the next meet on Albuquerque, Sea Park, Turf Paradise. Those I are two. I get tied the next year in Albuquerque too because they uh, they got a quarter horse and thoroughbred meet like together. They no got like both of them. So I get tied for, for the first place. So. Well, you know, four wins at, or four titles at his age is great. Um, and you mentioned the stats with Justin Evans, who's going to be mm -hmm. a, a force at our meet this year. You know, he's coming in with around 40 horses and and uh, his record the last few years in Phoenix in the Southwest has been fantastic. So uh, Luis has a couple of uh, big race wins in his past as well, Vince. He does. And, 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 and you mentioned you're from Puerto Rico and they've got a grade one race down there. Why don't you tell us a little bit about that? And it's, it'd be kind of like winning the Kentucky Derby yeah, in this we, race. We got in Puerto Rico, like the, like here, like the Kentucky Derby, did the same thing, like a triple crown Puerto Rico. And uh, win in 2016, I win the first leg of the triple crown, the Derby of Puerto Rico. I win with a long shot, Eladero. It was like 30 to one. Wow. That's... We way, way, way back and we got it at the end. Okay, so you came from off the pace on that one, huh? Yeah. And he's also, uh, a uh, adept quarter horse rider we hear yeah yes, you've sir. ridden it well there's a, and you go down to new mexico a lot of those they have mixed breed or they mixed cards it's with quarter horse and that I, that I get on a quarter horse on new mexico and uh that was um two years ago i win a grade three in a sea park and a 870 horse 870 yeah we yes, used to sir. run a few of those here and i right off the bat just noticing on saturday you know working on the morning line i see justin evans louis negron and that's going to be uh 
the handicapper is going to catch on pretty quick that that's <laughs> going to be a pretty potent combination around here yes, sir. How, how how long have you worked for justin and ridden his horses uh since night 2019 like four years ago yeah i'm gonna start riding for him on sunray park it's gonna be one important part of my career too and we got two in for saturday yeah so to be lucky I can tell Luis has got a little humility to him, you know. He's he's done well for his age, but he's not a real bragger. But that's fine, you know. You're going to show what you can do out on the track, right? Yes, sir. What about Justin? What do you like about him as a trainer? What what, what impresses he's you? A, he's a great trainer. He knows what he do. Yeah. I've been working for him, like, for a year, like I say. Mm -hmm. uh, I really I really like him inside the track, outside the track. That great guy. And I'm grateful for him. Yeah. Always. Yeah, because he... He loses horses and claims. He mm -hmm. brings new horses in, and uh, you got to stay on your toes with him. Is he uh, pretty sharp with knowing his horses and instructions and things like yes, that? Yes, sir. Sometimes yeah. he don't say nothing. Sometimes yep. he told me the instruction. I follow, I follow all the why all the instructions that he say when he let me do my my. You know, I do. You know, I sometimes he give me instructions. Sometimes no. Yeah. What, what's it like when you're at a new track for the first time? Is it uh, is it a learning process for you, or is it all kind of the same or every time? Or you know, it's a it's a new experience. That's good. I've been working gonna be like one and a half uh, week here, so I know the track for now. So that's a new experience. Yeah. What New part? Place, huh? What part of town are you living in? You live in Auburn, or I you live got a place? in Covington. Covington, yeah, yes, that's sir, not like too far. Fifteen minutes from yeah. here. Nice. Sure. Very good. That's good. And yeah, we're we're we've got several new riders, as we already mentioned. Um, and Luis is one that uh, has uh, got a chance to uh, get off to a good start, uh, <laughs> riding seven on opening day. And we're our field size again is going to get a lot better real up. quick, real quick. And you know, we've talked uh, that. This is the first time ever we've opened on Kentucky Derby Day, and we'll space out the races so everyone has a chance to watch that. And you guys in the jocks room, I imagine you'll be gathering around the TVs and, and <laughs> watching the Kentucky Derby and envisioning yourself one day back in Louisville. And sounds like you've looked at the race a little bit and, and got an opinion. That's going to be a real nice experience right on the Kentucky Derby. That's a dream. Yeah. So good luck to everybody the, yeah. on Saturday over there. And in watching the prep races, do you have a horse that uh, you think is going to be tough? Yeah, uh, what I say, I like the the one Ortiz rider, the Forte. Yeah, I like that He's, one. That he me. won the Breeders' Cup. He's tough. He's only got beat one time in his career. He won the uh, the Florida, Florida Derby. Derby. Yeah, and the Fountain of Youth. He and... won in Presico. He was way, way, way bad, and then yeah. he looked like he don't want to come, and then he made this try outside. And as we talked this morning, we just found out there's a big defection from the race. Yeah. Practical move is out. And uh, boy, that's a feel. Do you feel bad for a jockey in that situation? You it get, is. yeah. Because that one, for me, that was my second choice okay. of my three. And that's sad. Yeah. He's won three in a row, won mm -hmm. the Santa Anita Derby. Uh, that's tough. Um, so, yeah, it sounds like Luis follows the national scene a little bit. Yeah. And, you know, you talk to any rider and, they wouldn't mind getting there someday to the Kentucky Derby. I hope so. Yeah. <laughs> and uh, Luis, uh, really great to have you here. Anything else, Vince? No, I just okay. I think uh, we'll 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 see him in the winter circle here yeah. 
pretty often during the season. It's 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 get used to the name Louis Negron. We're going to see it a lot. And I know he doesn't want to predict, but he, maybe he'll give his countrymen, Alex Cruz, a run for the money this year. We'll see. Well, Ryden, first call for Justin Evans isn't going to hurt. We, we kind of figured that by looking at the numbers and Work on that jockey music. Pick yourself a song because we uh, <laughs> we let you guys uh, promote yourself with your own music after you win. So you got a couple days to figure that out. Great to have you here, Luis, and thank thanks you, for coming um, in. Thanks for the opportunity to yeah, thank you. Have me here, Luis Negron here on Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks to Luis Negron for joining us once again, and uh, he's off to a hundred percent start as far as riding opportunities. Again, as we said, he's riding the card on opening day at Emerald Downs. The Kentucky Derby. And I certainly hope if you guys have some negative thoughts on my selection, I'll hear them because I, I've heard them a lot already. But I'm going to go with Mage, number eight, Mage. Okay, we watch Forte, Breeders' Cup Juvenile Champion, two for two this year, graded stake wins, of course, the Florida Derby. Mage, uh, has been kind of thrown to the wolves. He was impressive in his career debut, a sprint victory. He then goes to the Fountain of Youth and didn't have a great start that day. Got into the race, finished fourth. Forte won it. That's a big step from your maiden first career start to the grade two Fountain of Youth. Then he goes into the Florida Derby and a really poor start. So, you know, two poor starts in a row. There's a little consistency there, but you guys saw that race. I mean, he made about a five-eighths move. He circled the field from last, went all the way around everybody on the stretch turn, got to the lead in the stretch. Forte ran him down on the last 70 yards. I just think he's a, a really good horse, and I think he fits extremely well with Forte having faced him twice. Um, he, you know, people are knocking his experience, only three starts. Uh, the uh, propensity to not break well, there's that. His post position's fine. Uh, so I think he's a really, really talented horse. I was surprised that he was 15 to 1 morning line because of how he's run with Forte. And, you know, some of these traditional uh, tenets of the Kentucky Derby, the dosage number is out the window, the not having started at two is out the window and so forth. You got 80 to one rich strike, 65 to one country house. Anyway, I'm on mage. Any knocks there, Bill? You're not uh, afraid to knock a horse. Well, you know, there's a lot of horses in the race. Yeah. Uh, you know, there and very few that I would just say they have no chance. So, um, you know, and there's horses that I thought that I was going to put in my top three or four, but, you know, post-wise, not really thrilled. I'd much rather be on the way outside as opposed to down along the rail mm -hmm. in a big field like this. Um, that you know, that, so the horse I was talking about, Hit Show, I kind of moved down a little bit because he drew the rail. Um, but uh, my, my my top pick did scratch uh, Skinner, okay. and also earlier in the week it was Practical Move who scratched, and and I like the Santa Anita Derby a whole lot. Okay, I I, I watched it live, and I I was. Uh, I came away uh, impressed with the top three. And, you know, the Japanese horse, Mandarin Hero, is the one I, who draws into the race. And I'm so glad that this horse drew into the race because he certainly deserves to be in this field. You know, the Kentucky Derby points system, and you, know, you can knock it if you want to. You know, they try and, you know, keep uh, some of the the early uh, speed horses who develop as a two-year-old kind of out of the race. And, and, and they do their best. But, uh, you know, Mandarin Hero had once started in the United States and was, 
you know, in the Santa Anita Derby, didn't get off to the best start. And he's a grinder. He, he, oh, he gave it practical move, everything he wanted and more. And practical move was the big favorite in that Santa Anita Derby race. And I, I just, I, I like those type of horses. I like the grinders in, in the Derby and, you know, yes, you know, drawn to the outside, one from the outside, Mandarin hero, but uh, you know, the Santa Anita Derby was a highly rated race. And now he's the only one who's, who's coming out of it. And so to me, he's, he's one I got to use and I'll, I'll make him my top pick. I also was very impressed with uh, Angel of Empires uh, win in the Arkansas Derby. I thought he did it so easily. Uh, to me, it was, uh, you know, he, to come out of the Risen Star and then and, and parlay that into the Arkansas Derby, That's that, that, those are both legit races, and I just think he's getting better and better with each and every start. So he's, he's my strong second choice. So Mandarin Hero and Angel of Empire are, are my top two. I certainly don't... Uh, uh, discount the chances. I know Vince likes uh, Kings Barnes a little bit for Pletcher. Certainly, visually, that was a nice win in the Louisiana Derby. And, uh, you know, you can go a lot of different ways. But I'll go 22 and 14, Mandarin Hero and Angel of Empire uh, in, in the Kentucky Derby. The old 22-14 exacta. Sounds like a football score. <laughs> yeah. Uh, okay, no, and John White, I guess he took a little of my thunder there. But I agree with John. I kind of like Kings Barn a little bit. Kings Barnes, excuse me. Uh yeah, the breeding certainly catches your eye by Uncle Mo out of the Tappet mare called Lady Tappet, and they did pay 800 for it. But uh, he's done nothing wrong. He hasn't come close to losing yet in right. uh, three starts. And I know the Louisiana Derby probably wasn't a great race, and the fractions he did get away with uh, uh, slow pace and uh, should have punched it in given the circumstances. But I watched that stretch run a few times, and boy, you know, there looks like there is a lot more in uh, – under the hood there that horse just comes bounding home and uh so i'll take a shot with him i i i think 12 to 1 is a fair price on a horse like that it's kind of interesting the same jock has never ridden the horse back it started with saez went to gallardo pratt now uh jose ortiz uh gets the mount on uh in the derby so um but I think uh, he looks like he's got a realistic shot. And then uh, I will use the two Japanese horses underneath, Dermo Saragati and Mandarin Hero. I agree with Bill. I really like Mandarin Hero's race. We had heard that he came from the lesser circuit in Japan. Uh, but boy, uh, in fact, I thought he was going to uh, get practical move in that race. Practical move had a little bit more in reserve. But uh, I think Mandarin Hero... And certainly the Japanese horses from what we've seen the last few years have to be taken uh, pretty seriously around the world right now. So we'll see what happens, but I'll, I'll go with King's Barn. Okay. King's Barns. I keep wanting to say it's singular. I got a text from John Good, who's a, a pretty astute race fan. Vince knows him well. Right after that Louisiana Derby, and he goes, that has to be the worst prep race for the Derby I've ever seen. And I go, well, a winner... You know, won pretty easily. I know the fractions were soft. And he goes, yeah, the, I mean, that and the horses behind him. But as you just pointed out, I mean, he stalked and won two times already. Yeah. He, he dominated the, the Der Louisiana Derby. And he, because, and he, yeah, he took the lead because yeah, no one else wanted it. Exactly. He said, okay, fine. We'll and go he, on with it. And he dominated the race. So uh, he he's a tactical horse. And I would definitely put him and the two Japanese horses but in there. you know there. what? If any of us are right, we're going to make some money. Yeah. <laughs> it's, okay. not, it's not a chalky no, not a chalky pick to be found. Okay. So Bill with Mandarin Hero on top, Vince with Kings Barnes, myself with Mage, our selections for the Kentucky Derby to go along 
with uh, John White's Kings Barnes uh, and Anthony Stabile Forte. We've yet to hear from Roger LeBlanc, which we will do in our next segment here on Horse Racing Northwest. The biggest and best of the Northwest just got even better. Introducing the all-new Muckleshoot Rewards Program with three tiers and extraordinary benefits. Play with your Muckleshoot Rewards card to earn points for free play and qualify for dining discounts, gifts, and much more. The more you play, the more you earn. Enjoy more benefits than ever before with the new Muckleshoot Rewards Program. Muckleshoot Casino, the biggest and best in the Northwest. They're racing for the final furlong. Always dreaming, digging down deep on a two-length lead. Looking at Lee, wanders off the rail. Now with three lengths to make up and a 16th to go. But Always Dreaming is digging down and Always Dreaming is holding on. Looking at Lee, can't catch Always Dreaming, who's the 143rd winner of the Kentucky Derby. That was Always Dreaming providing an upset in the 2017 Kentucky Derby. Over a wet track at Churchill Downs, Todd Pletcher trainee, and Always Dreaming is one of several recent winners given out by our good friend Roger LeBlanc of LazyBetter.com. Roger has been on with us many times, KJR, Win Play Show, our podcast, and it's uh, our good fortune to have him on Kentucky Derby Week. Roger, good afternoon. Hi, Joe. Great to be back. Thank you. Yeah, Roger is uh, uh, a real thoughtful handicapper and uh, just putting out more content. Um, your YouTube videos are, are right out there for everybody to see, uh, free of charge. Um, you've got a couple of books, and uh, your Racetrack Super Scout service is something I like because uh, in handicapping, um, we... You know, if you can beat the favorite, you can get paid a little bit better. And uh, that's what the Super race, Racetrack Super Scout service is, uh, goal is, correct, Roger? Yeah, that's right. That's the uh, the core of that service is identifying false favorites. False favorites. And, uh, and Roger's uh, idea is to bet two horses to win uh, against that false favorite. And uh, you've got a pretty darn good record on that. Uh Go ahead and pat yourself on the back a little bit. <laughs> sure. Uh, okay, so the, the first step is identifying false favorites, and we our goal was to do that 75% of the time, and we are fluctuating pretty much between 75 to 80% of the time correct on those in the past year. Uh, it, about a year and a couple months we've been doing it. And then um, the two-horse wagers against it the philosophy there is you're getting value so let's uh let's bet two horses instead of one and shoot for about a 50 percent winning percentage and we're just under that uh since the beginning of the year uh, we're at about 45 percent somewhere in there that is great yeah you know favorites win uh shoot it's a little higher than it used to be the old 33 percent um but uh, it's still that means sixty-seven percent at the at the uh, least are going to get beat, and it's if you can score against them seventy-five to eighty percent of the time, you're ahead of the game. And then when you're throwing out the favorite, the two horses you're going to bet on are going to be at least three to one usually and higher. So that'll be a profit, spending four dollars to win and and getting back 
eight or much more in some cases. So yeah, uh, I, I love the angle. Racetrack Super Scout Service. How can uh, fans get involved in that? They can go to our website, lazybetterusa.com, and sign up there. It's pretty inexpensive service, and uh, especially if you sign up for six months or a year, it comes to about $10 a month, I think, is um, Great. Yeah, for, if you do a year subscription. And um, that's that's the best way to do it. You also get a free copy of my first book, The Lazy Better's Guide to the Kentucky Derby, a free electronic copy of that, along with a subscription. Excellent. LazyBetterUSA.com for uh, the Racetrack Super Scout Service and those bonuses Roger just detailed. Uh, the Kentucky Derby. Yeah, you wrote a book on it. Um, that's kind of how I got to know you first. You had some really good angles, and uh, you know, you've been telling us for years that it's a mile and a quarter race, but speed is pretty darn important in the Derby, and it uh, you've hit five of the last nine Kentucky Derbies? Yeah, yeah, I got off to a good start yeah. with, um, with it because I published a book in late 2013, and that's when Churchill Downs changed their qualification rules for the mm. Derby, and essentially they eliminated sprinters which really helped front speed in the Derby. It was um, the pace has been uh, lighter than it used to be, and so I hit the first five in a row. Wow! And then and then weird stuff started to happen, like <laughs> COVID and some disqualifications. And that's um, right. We've had uh, what was it? Country uh, Country House was sixty-five to one, winning on a DQ, and then last year, of course, eighty to one, Rich Strike kind of tough horses to come up with i mean i'm just going to say that off the top oh yeah (laughs) i think you'll agree but five of nine is outstanding and just uh you know tell us your research generally again on uh uh, okay you mentioned that sprinters never make it now because of the qualifications so uh routing front runners have a better chance in the derby yeah for sure and the the parameters in the book are it's a high bar for um, a, a horse to hit our gold standard as we defined it. Um, they need a, a, a very solid six furlong pace figure and um, combined with a uh, sustained, a good sustained pace in the final quarter. Um, and so we, we came up, I looked at all the prep races going back through uh, 1992 to see how to define those, and um, it, it seems like I defined them pretty well. And um, this this year, nobody fits our gold standard, so um, it's it's going to be a challenging year for me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um, okay, well, Roger, actually, you know, he's he's got some uh, uh, pay uh, sites or pay services and including the racetrack super scout service but he's going to give us his kentucky derby analysis so uh i'm feeling fortunate and our listeners should too so take us through you know uh, this year's derby and uh where you're kind of leaning toward okay so i guess i should start with the favorite or the likely favorite forte i posted a um youtube video called three reasons why forte will uh, lose the Kentucky Derby. I, I did the same thing with Essential Quality a few years ago and received quite a bit of flack for the video. <laughs> but um, in that case, it worked out. Yeah. Um, Forte is a late runner. He, he is never really run faster than 112 to the six furlong point, which is basically um, 
a walk in the park for grade one horses. So, of course, he finishes with a lot of energy. He's also a long-striding horse. Um, and what I find interesting is that back in the Breeders' Futurity at Keeneland, when he battled Loggins to the wire and won by a nose, if you look at that race, um, Arad Ortiz did his signature move, which is he came in and tried to crowd Loggins along the rail. That He hasn't done that since, because I think uh, Forte needs a lot of room to run. Um, and so since then, almost losing to Loggins, who I think was making his first start around two turns, uh, Ortiz has kept Forte wide and ensured that he has lots of room. I'm not sure he's going to be able to do that in the Kentucky Derby. Uh, his winning times are average. They're not great. So he's a closer who's trying to um, circle most of the field without necessarily being faster than horses in the field. So I see him as vulnerable. I don't want to take a short price on him. So that's where I kind of started my handicapping on this one. Very good. Okay. Yeah, Forte, uh, just a really fine record and, a you know, Breeders' Cup champ, off to a good start, great start this year. So, uh, yeah, I've seen a lot of people taking uh, an opportunity to go against him for reasons kind of like what you said. So take it further from there. Okay, so I had Practical Move as one of my top mm. three picks, and I just found out a minute ago that he was scratched. And um, so I'm, I'm kind of recalculating here. But my top pick is the Japanese horse, Dura Sodagake, uh, coming in from the UAE Derby, where he um, he didn't set the record uh, for that race. I, I think it's the second fastest at that, in that race at that distance. But in watching the replay, he reminds me of uh, American Pharaoh. Um, American Pharaoh's Arkansas Derby, I encourage people to go back and watch the replay of that. Victor Espinoza almost never moves his hands in the entire race. Hmm. And he ran the second fastest Arkansas Derby in the past 30 years. It was, to me, one of the most impressive Derby prep races in this century. Um, Dermasota Gake, I see something similar in that race in UAE Derby. Yeah. He grabbed the lead right away. He did it, it looked like effortlessly without with very little encouragement. And when he was asked to run, he just exploded. And uh, don't know what the pace figure there is. That's the question mark. Um, but the final time was fast. So we can kind of assume that the pace probably was too. Yeah, and, you know, uh, he's got a couple other long-distance wins, and the Japanese horses uh, have just really come to the front around the world in the last two to two and a half years. So, uh, boy, you just can't, you know, can't even think of throwing them out. You've got to consider them, and here's a horse that was super impressive at uh, in the UAE Derby, UAE Derby a little more than a month ago. Um, and some of the reasons for the Japanese horses, we talked to John White about that, you know, that, that, that their breeding has just really come up. I mean, it started when they got Sunday Silence over there, and it's, you know, taken a couple generations and, and better mares and so forth. So um, that's maybe one of the reasons. But Derma Sotagake, post number 17, 
Uh, Forte has post number 15. And uh, after Derma, so he is, uh, he's your top pick, huh? He is. Um, there, there are other horses I kind of like. The, the other advantage he has just quickly is that um, no, no U.S. based horse has hit my gold standard. So I think he's entering here in somewhat of a weak year, uh, especially pace wise. Uh, there are some horses who've been fast to the four furlong mark, but haven't carried it through much further than that. Um, so it's a good year for that. Reincarnate is a U.S. based horse that. I really look forward to his three-year-old campaign after he won the sham in a very fast time. His winning time was faster than that of uh, Life is Good and Authentic. So uh, that put him on my radar, especially with a 109.26 furlong split in that race. But he has disappointed in his two races since then. Um, Mm -hmm. The Rebel Stakes, he, he had a horrible trip. He got sandwiched twice essentially and um i so i was expecting a big effort in the arkansas derby and he just kind of flattened out in the stretch so i'm wondering if he's more of a miler but um at 40 or 50 to 1 i might have to take a nibble there yeah yeah okay um so mage Goes into the Fountain of Youth off a maiden victory at Gulfstream Park. He ran in late January, then March 4th, the Fountain of Youth, and he, he didn't get a good start that day. And, uh, you know, just a little outrun late behind Forte, Rocket Can, and Cyclone Mischief, who are all three, of course, entered in the Kentucky Derby. Then uh, Mage came back in the Florida Derby a month later and again had a poor start. Uh, he made about a 5 eighths move. It was really, really impressive. Uh, he ran around everybody on the outside, got to the front, and then Forte ran him down in the last 100 yards. Mage was second. Um, you know, even if you're not putting Forte on top, we all respect him as a, a very fine horse. And Mage doesn't seem too much worse than Forte to me, but... Uh, you know, you don't love him because he has a chance to be pretty far back early, correct? Yeah, but the points you make are really good. Uh, they, the move he made in the Florida Derby was really pretty darn impressive. Uh, yeah. It was a, a fast and sustained move from the back of the pack. Really, really impressive for a horse, light on experience. And it's the type of prep race that I think can really move a horse forward. So my concern is he's got that bad habit at the start of not breaking well. And um, I, I think if he breaks more alertly, yeah, you've, you've got to like him at whatever, 15 to 1, whatever he's going to be there. I like 15 to 1 on Mage um, myself. Um, I'm just going against all of Roger's great research and his record. But uh, uh, of a, a long shot in there, now Derma Sotogake is 10 to 1 morning line. He probably will be around there with a 20-horse field, maybe a little less. But uh, what's uh, what's one other maybe price horse? And they're all price horses kind of. But uh, what's one other horse? Um, I, I like the other Japanese horse, Continuar, who mm. they've got at 50 to 1 morning line. Mostly... He's lost to Dermis Sotogake three times, um, so that's not a plus. But his trainer uh, has won 
all the major races around, <laughs> around the world, um, mm. in Australia, in the U- U.S., he won with Marsh Lorraine at somewhere around 50 to 1, and um, and in the UAE. Uh, so he's like the Bob Baffert of the world okay. <laughs> at this point. You know, he's uh, he would, if he runs this horse in the race, you've got to believe he's got a fighting chance. And I, I don't know how he'll... He can turn the tables on the horses beating them three times, but at 50 to 1, that's pretty tempting. Okay, yeah. Number 20, he's going to move down a little bit because, again, practical move has been scratched, but he'll still be far outside in the gate. But, you know, we've seen a lot of horses perform well from outside posts in the last 20 years, outside type posts in the Kentucky Derby. Continue R, another Japanese bred. So, yeah, Roger is uh, for, for many reasons, but again, Japanese horses have just been just super in the last couple of years. Okay, well, there again, there's Racetrack Super Scout Service. There's uh, the free YouTube videos, Lazy Better. Just type in Lazy Better, B-E-T-T-O-R. And Roger has the books. Again, the Kentucky Derby book is available if you subscribe to Racetrack Super Scout Service. So, uh there's uh, some good info from Roger LeBlanc, uh, our good friend in horse racing. And, uh, yeah, check out Roger on YouTube. There's always some really good, thoughtful stuff. Roger, uh, appreciate it. Good luck to you in the Kentucky Derby this year. And uh, your research has paid off nicely for you in, uh, in your short tenure stint of being public. Congrats. Well, thank you, Joe, and good luck to you, too, and and thank you very much for having me on. Yep, thank you. Roger LeBlanc joining us on Horse Racing Northwest. Thanks to Roger once again, LazyBetterUSA.com. Some uh, nice analysis always from Roger as he goes with Derma Satagake, number 17, the big winner of that UAE Derby. All right, there's another selection. And time for sports shorts. Okay, I'm going to go. My sports short is Kentucky Derby related. So if any of the 19 horses that run on Saturday in the Kentucky Derby come to Emerald Downs this summer for the Emerald Downs Derby, they're going to win. You don't even have to handicap it. Really? Yeah, they'll win four times. Count Cheek, Count Chick in 1956. Hoist the Silver in 1978, Castellaria in 1982, and Sea Cadet in 1991 all ran in the Kentucky Derby. And then later that year came to Long Acres or Emerald Downs for the Derby. Or no, those were all Long Acres. And they all won. So if you're on the Kentucky Derby, if, if you're even smelled good enough to be there, You've been good enough to win. And as you said, Castellaria Deddy, he did with... Flying Judgment, trained right. by Richard Wright. Yep. Yeah. So they all 4-1. That's my sports short. I, I'm sure many of our listeners have heard that before. But uh, Bill, how about you? Well, I guess uh, I'm going to go baseball. And like I mentioned earlier in the podcast, uh, caught a couple of uh, baseball games out in Pittsburgh. And the Pittsburgh Pirates have been one of the hottest teams to uh, start the season. Uh, they did lose three in a row to the hottest team in baseball just uh, earlier in the week, the Tampa Bay Rays. Wow. 
but and then they're playing this weekend against the Toronto Blue Jays. But 20 and 12, second best record in the National League, and they've got a nice uh, collection of uh, veterans and uh, young players. Um, you know, Andrew McCutcheon is back uh, for uh, the Pirates. He started his career in Pittsburgh and you know went played other places, but uh, that was a signing in the offseason that the fans uh, locally were really really high on. Including my girlfriend, who just loves Andrew McCutcheon, mm-hmm. uh, so he's he's doing great. Uh, other guys on the team, Brian Reynolds, who the Pirates signed to the their biggest contract ever. Usually, the Pirates are kind of like this team that doesn't shell out too much in terms of salary, but they gave uh, Brian Reynolds a a, a long term deal. Uh, the, their ace is Mitch Keller, who's 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 off to a good start as well. And the Pirates have got uh, a former Mariner, Carlos Santana who is uh, off to a pretty good start and playing first base for uh, the Pirates. And, yeah, I, I don't think they're a, like a 95-win team or anything like that. Um, but I do think they could uh, contend for a wild card. And, and that would be something to, uh, that no one really saw coming into the season. So uh, the Pittsburgh Pirates, a, a team to keep your eye on. And, uh, and uh, you know, because, you know, last year they were like, you know, they lost like 90 something games or whatever. So uh, this is a nice, a nice collection of uh, young uh, players as well as veterans. They've got they got a, an established closer as well. So they got the bullpen. They got they got a little bit of everything. And uh, we'll see how the Pirates do in the upcoming months. OK, uh, so the Pirates and uh, let's see, where was I going to go with that with Bill? Um, not Tampa. Uh, oh, the playoffs. Last time the Pirates were in the playoffs. It's been a little bit of a drought, hasn't it? Yeah, they, they were in the wild card a few years back. I don't okay. think it's it's not like anything that's been like 10 years right. or anything okay. like that. Okay. I was going to say 92 when the Sid Breen. Oh, yeah. They they, they made it. I yeah. remember one year that the, since, yeah, I mean, my, I always, with my girlfriend, she's a big Pirates fan. So, therefore, I know. For a fact, the the yeah, I think the pack I think the Pirates played the the Cubs one year. I I, I in a, like a yeah. wild card or something yeah, like that. That sounds that seems like it uh, it hits a, a chord with me. But uh, we gotta yeah. get one other comment from Bill on Aaron Rodgers no longer a Green Bay Packer. Oh yeah, let's hear it. Well, I I'm I'm happy with it. You know okay. they they went all in with him last year and they set and they signed whoever he wanted and. Uh, yeah, they didn't draft anyone uh, in an early round in terms of receiver or anything like that. But, you know, they did it his way, and it didn't work. They had every chance to get into the playoffs at the end of the season. They were at home against the Lions, and they threw in a clunker. So guess what? It's time time to move on. Yes, the Jets are instantly better because their quarterback play last year was abysmal. Um, but I thought the, the compensation was was very fair. And, uh, it, you know, the, the Packers have to, you know, the Packers know what they have in Jordan Love. He's been in the building for the last three years. It's not like this is some mystery and all that. Um, and, they, and they're going to try and give him every, every reason for to have success. You know, they drafted the, the kid from uh, Michigan State in the second round, a wide receiver. They drafted a couple of tight ends. Um, they even drafted another receiver later in the, in the draft. So, and they, they have a couple of, you know, they have a pretty good offensive line. They have a couple of running backs. Everyone knows and AJ Dillon and Aaron Jones. So it's not, it's not the, the cupboard's not bare. It's just, you know, there's a lot of uncertainty and we'll, we'll see with, uh, with what, how uh, Jordan love does. 
And, uh, you know, like I said, the, 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 you know, the general manager and the coaching staff, they know what they have. Um, if they really thought that, that Jordan Love wasn't ready, I'm sure they just somehow run it back one more time with, with Aaron. But, uh, you know, I thought it was fair compensation and, and, and all things uh, come to an end. And, yep. uh, I, you know, I, I, I wish Aaron well, I, I, you know, I, you know, if he, if he plays what 65% of the snaps, he uh, the Packers get a first round pick next year. Now, what that will be, I don't know, but uh, I, you know, I want to see him. I want to see him do well. I don't mind Aaron, so he's an interesting guy. But yeah. uh, you know, say uh, least. Let, lots of different flavors make up the world. So uh, we'll see how Aaron does with the Jets. But when he comes back and has his his number retired in Green Bay. I will be uh, very, very uh, pleased with him coming back. And he, you know, he, he penned a, you know, a goodbye and all that. So he wasn't that bitter, but uh, you know, you know, things, things change. And uh, I thought it was a good trade on, on both ends. Okay. And a couple of weeks ago, uh, I don't know if it was on the podcast or not, Vince. Uh, I think it was up in your office. You said, Hey, the Kraken, they could beat Colorado. I mean, they've got, seven 20 goal scores they they uh they've had a great year on the road you know i'm i'm not surprised at all if they if they even win that series you just didn't say game one and you were you were uh yeah impressed by their regular season and they did beat colorado they got such depth and they got no superstars they do have a rookie year and maddie veneers but they teams are finding out they roll four lines and they four check they just they're relentless. They're kind of like what the Florida Panthers are doing over in the East right now. No one saw them beating Boston's record-setting Bruins. Yeah. They took them out after being down 3-1. Now they're up 2-0 on Toronto. They're just swarming them. And Seattle's very similar, and they're getting stops from Grubauer. But anyhow, we'll see. It's 1-1 coming home. I prefer them playing on the road, actually. They struggle a little more at home. Uh, you mentioned Aaron Rodgers. He is fitting right in. I watch a, a Rangers playoff game. Aaron right Rodgers there. is centerized. I watch a Knicks playoff yeah. game. There he yeah. is at center, yeah. hanging out a front court seat. But he's going to find out it's not all fun and games in New York if things go south on the football field. So, that is true. Um, but then you mentioned the Tampa Bay Rays. Do you realize 26 and 6 is the best start since the Tigers in 84? Yeah. When the Tigers won the were 35 and 5. Yeah. I remember that yeah, figure. Yeah, right. So they are on uh, just an incredible pace. I don't know how they do it. They get 10,000 fans there at their games. But uh, I used to bet them uh, three years in a row, and it's not that long ago. I'd bet them every year they're over under total. And it, and it no went respect. over every time. Yeah. No, they got a good system down there. And I, it I should never have stopped. So your sport's short. Okay. Um, Jay Hubdy does this pretty neat thing on Thoroughbred Racing Commentary website where he takes a look at old racehorses of the past and really nice write-ups. And so I'm reading one on a horse called Ancient Title, a 1970 uh, Calbred by Gummo. And he had a long and storied career. I know you remember him, Joe. Sure. Uh, but he, Jay wrote an incredible stat. At seven furlongs, Ancient Title was seven for seven lifetime with seven stakes wins. Wow. That you talk about a specialist, and he could go longer than that, but he was just a, just a unbelievable middle distance horse with longevity. So ancient title, one of the one of the greats of the seventies in a in a decade loaded with greats. Huge career, you know. Sham Linda's chief and ancient title were the horses in Southern Cal from the nineteen seventy crop, nineteen seventy three. Of course, Sham ran against Secretariat a couple of times. So yeah, that's a good one. Okay. 
there's our sports shorts for today. Our selections, Vince is going to hold off because he is the morning line price maker at Emerald Downs. And uh, a seven-race card on Saturday. Again, uh, I don't know if I completed my whole thought, but we're going to get a whole lot better. We've got more barns, more horses this year. And, uh, yeah, more horses translates into better field size. We're going to be up in field size. And, again, that 10% takeout on uh, daily doubles and pick threes. I'm going to go to the fifth race and go with a horse that was pretty sharp here late last year. That was Hay Sequoia. He is a two-turn horse. He's got the one post going a mile. He, you know, he's not one that uh, likes to go to the lead, but he can, you know, save that ground early. Alex Cruz rides for Jennifer Nunley, claimed down there in Phoenix in February. Um, yeah, I'll take Hay Sequoia, uh, who's got four wins at this track of his 10 career victories. Who do you like tomorrow, Bill? I'll go to the six race, uh, starter allowance race. I thought was uh, pretty wide open. Uh, all six, I thought, le have legit chances in there. We'll see. Uh, you're the cause who won the Muckleshoot Derby mm -hmm. uh, last year. Uh, back here at uh, Emerald Downs on his favorite track was four for five uh, last year here at at, at uh, Emerald Downs. Where he won four in a row. Excuse me um in the 2022 season but uh, mosquito fleet's another one that we're very familiar with and he's a hard knocker he, he, at the right classification i think he he's uh he he fits in here you know his he won a couple times down south in, in phoenix um in starter allowance races and this is what you know it, optional claiming races a little bit over his head i think but in these starter allowances i think he fits in quite nicely um, you know, there's question marks abounding with a couple of, in here. You know, Polacco comes off a smashing win at Golden Gate against Easier, uh, but a private purchase and not, not in the barn of Jonathan Wong anymore. So he could do anything. He wouldn't surprise me if he won. It wouldn't surprise me uh, if he uh, if he finished off the board. And we know about Pistol Power um, around here as well for Jesse Velasquez. And then Justin Evans has got one dirt road red. Looks like first time in the barn of Justin Evans, uh, which is a decent handicapping angle. But mm -hmm. his last race was uh, a little bit of a puzzler. I couldn't figure out why he ran so poorly. But uh, Mosquito Fleet, um, you know, will stay off the pace. I think there's some speed in here uh, with uh, Polacco and a firm chief and maybe Pistol Power. Uh, so I'll go with Mosquito Fleet and you get Alex Cruz aboard, who was aboard uh, for one of his wins earlier uh, at the end of last year, uh, you know, during Phoenix as they go, you know, from the fall into the winter into the spring as well. But Mosquito Fleet, 7-2 in Vince's morning line. I'll make him my uh, my top pick in race six. Okay. Mosquito Fleet for Bill, race six on opening day at Emerald Downs. We didn't mention Juan Gutierrez, who is our all-time leading jockey. He's in the Washington Thoroughbred Hall of Fame. Uh not officially retired, taking a little break right now, Vince. Yeah, and that, that's a good point, Joe, because people are going to probably say, where's Juan? Yeah. He's our all-time leading rider, and he's always, you know, in the top five. And, uh, yeah, he's taking a little time off. I understand it. You know, he's had a couple injury issues the last few years. And, uh, you know, I just... I'm glad you say not officially retired because I got a hunch we'll see him back at some point. He's just been too successful here, and he takes pretty good care of himself. So I think I think he'll be fine. Okay. Juan, not uh, at the track currently, but, uh, yeah, it'd be great to see him back riding. He is numero uno in Emerald Downs history. 
All right. Uh, let's go on to our trivia. Our question last time was, who's the only horse with multiple Emerald Downs track records? We got uh, a few correct submissions, but uh, the winner is Andy Dockhorn. He won the draw. Andy currently stated the distances. It's tough to be good. Has two track records. He's the only horse that has them, and they're both marathon. And that horse, trained by Neil Knapp, those two horses, Neil and those that horse, it's tough to be good. We're really close. He took them around the uh, Pomona circuit, uh, a little bit in Arizona, but he won nine of his first 10 starts here at Emerald Downs. He was uh, an outstanding horse by soft gold. Two track records he still holds. So Andy Dockhorn, uh, Russ Nakagawa, and Michael Tarlow stopped by the set on opening day, and I'll have some swag for you guys. You guys have all got stuff coming from answering trivia questions correctly. Way to go, Andy. Our new question is, uh, who's the most recent Northwest-based horse to run in the Kentucky Derby? The most recent Northwest-based horse to run in the Kentucky Derby. Send your answers to trivia at emeralddowns.com. Opening day on Saturday, first race at 1 o'clock. Hope to see you there, and thanks for listening to Horse Racing Northwest.